At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. My guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook on a Friday. Matt Eumann's here. And thanks to Mike Pritchard for hanging around for another five minutes. Mike, we have a stacked lineup today, and you're the leadoff hitter uh, here on My Guys from the South Point. We got news off the top uh, about Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz out indefinitely with a foot injury. And uh, it's a little bit too early, I think, to play doctor and determine how long Wentz is going to be out. But obviously, at this point in late July, not good news for the Colts. Not good news concerning a little bit, considering his injury history, Mm -hmm. too, though, Matt. Uh, This guy seems like he's falling apart at times. Broken back, a rib, ACL, LCL, concussions. And so he's doing a rollout, uh, and he feels something snap in his foot. So uh, you don't, as an athlete, you don't want anything to snap on you. Or at least have that feeling. So uh, I think the Colts are going to re-examine this. Well, they're going to be in trouble if they have to go to the backups. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that more in depth uh, next week when the NFL kicks off the preseason, the Hall of Fame game, the Cowboys and the Steelers. I always love the Hall of Fame game. It feels like the official start of football season, even though it's a costume party. It's ba- backups in the uh, in the regular uniforms. We're not. Gonna, do you think we're going to see? Many, if any, starters in this game next week. Steelers right now, one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cowboys, total of 33-and-a-half. That's Thursday night from Canton, Ohio. I don't think so. Uh, a lot of guys I talk to, former players, uh, current players, over the offseason, Matt, 
uh, they really enjoyed the fact that they didn't have a preseason. <laughs> they got used to it almost, right? right. Uh, which is surprising. But uh, you look at training camp now, they're one a days, they're about 18 to 20 total workouts or practices that they're going to have. I, I would be shocked if you see starters out there in that preseason game because uh, you got the joint practices going back, uh, coming back to the league now. And I think there's going to be an onus on that, too. So uh, I'd be shocked if you see a lot of starters in this one. You know, last year we, we talked about no preseason. We thought the, the first couple of weeks of the regular season would be sloppy. It really mm-hmm. wasn't the case. No. Right? So no. the preseason wasn't missed that much. And that's why I think a lot of coaches, aside from maybe the new coaches like Urban Meyer, are going to hold starters out. We're going to see fewer and fewer starters this year, right? Absolutely, because yeah. you want these guys to be healthy. The last thing you want as a player going into the season uh, is to have a bump or bruise that you're worried about. Like right. right now, you got guys already taking vet days, and they're three days in the training camp already <laughs> with vet days. And so uh, they're going to manage that. Like I said, I'd be shocked uh, if you see starters or frontline players in preseason games. Really, this is for the backups uh, and for guys who are trying to make the football teams. It's going to really change the way uh, we handicap the preseason. We're also, it's a shortened preseason mm-hmm. going from four games to three, right. except for the Cowboys and Steelers who each play four games. All right, Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. So is Randall Cobb. You're a former NFL wide receiver. How big a deal is this for Rodgers to have Randall Cobb back? I think it's huge. I think any time a quarterback wants a particular player, it's for a reason. It's not, it's not any different than uh, Tom Brady wanting Gronk or Tom Brady wanting Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. It's not any different than that. So uh, here you have Aaron Rodgers who wants a security blanket, a guy that he knows that he can trust and rely on, uh, and that's Cobb. And so – I expect him, uh, to, like I said earlier on our show, uh, for Aaron Rodgers, I expect him to pick up where he left off last year. Yeah, the Packers over under uh, season win total was 10. They mm-hmm. play a first-place schedule this year, much more difficult schedule. I was saying even with Rodgers, I think 11 and 6 is a lot to ask. Okay. What do you think? Is that one total right at 10, or do you um, think Packers get over it? I, I think they could get over it. Last year we saw this guy – becoming an MVP again. Uh, and underneath the surface, we didn't have all the information. Uh, obviously, he had a riff with the front office, not on the same page with the front office. Uh, and so he stuck it to him, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. So if this is his swan song or the last dance or however you want to phrase it, I expect him to play at a high, high level this year. Okay. Who will be the biggest loser in the NFL this season? <laughs> this prop is up at DraftKings Sportsbook. Fewest regular season wins. Uh, the Texans are the favorites, mm-hmm. if you call it that, at plus 250. Lions, second choice, at 7-2 to two odds. Bengals, plus 750. Then you have the Jets, 8-1. to one. Raiders, 11-1. to one. Eagles, Jags, 14-1. to one. Giants, 22-1. to one. Well, yeah. Are the Texans the obvious pick to win the fewest games, or is another team going to emerge as the biggest loser? I think the Jets, you can factor them in there. Uh, they, they are a lousy organization, certainly. Uh, the Bengals, uh, Burrow, I, I'm not sold that he's going to start the season uh, this year yet. I got, I got to find out uh, some more information on that one. Uh, but the Texans certainly can't go wrong right there. But I'd take a look at the Bengals and the Jets, though. All right, Mike. Thanks for sticking around, man. That was a fast five minutes. It did fly. Appreciate you. Hey, have a great weekend. You too. Absolutely. Uh, all right. That's Mike Pritchard. This is My Guys in the Desert on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a stacked lineup. We'll get to it next.
My guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook Friday afternoon. Matt Humans here. Thanks to Mike Pritchard for hanging around for the first five minutes to talk NFL betting today. You got to get excited. Football season's here. But, man, what about the, uh, the last 48 hours uh, with the MLB trade deadline? It's been wild. According to our count here at VSIN, 10 All-Stars have changed teams. It's been crazy. This morning I watched John Von Tobel and Mitch Boss from the Circus Sportsbook on Follow the Money. I watched it on Nesson this morning on my direct TV at home while I'm sitting at the desk. We're lucky to have JVT uh, on the show right now. John, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. You know, I'm a little sad. Andrew Heaney has a new home, it looks like. But other than that, I'm, I'm pulling through. Well, Carson Wentz has a foot injury. Yeah, so uh, it hasn't been a great few hours for me, actually. It's been, I know there's a lot of news today to, to catch up on. We'll try to do it in the next two hours on this show. Yesterday, it was a trade with the Los Angeles Lakers, picking up Russell Westbrook. And uh, this trade has not, I think, uh, met unanimous approval from the, uh, the general public or the media, and especially from uh, the host of VSIN, the guys who handicapped the NBA. LeBron James playing general manager here for the Lakers, it looks like. And uh, they trade Kyle Kuzma, KCP. And um, uh, who was the other player they, they dealt to uh, the Wizards plus the 2021 first-round pick last night? Yeah, I, I don't really love, like, everything that this trade offers, right? Like, if you look at it from the perspective of fit humans, like, I just don't really understand, like, what it means. And, by the way, I think you're the name we're looking for, Montrez Harrell, who's uh, That's it, Montrez Harrell. Yep. Potentially on the way. But um, when you look at it, like, so let's just talk about fit. Like, you're talking about a guy who shoots 30% for his career from three, now joining a potential starting lineup with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Marc Gasol. Like, none of those guys, like, Marc Gasol shoots 36% from three. Statistically, he's their best shooter. So, like, it's, it's a really big problem from a fit perspective, you know? Like, I just don't know how this works offensively. And I don't want to overreact too much right away, right? Because we could sit back here in a month and they fill their roster up with shooters and they stagger the minutes when they're on the floor together. And Russell Westbrook gets a lot more minutes with the twos, even though he's a starter. And, you know, that offense actually looks a little pretty solid, right? They did that with Houston. But I think right now, if you're just looking at overall fit and what the Lakers needed, you unloaded one of your best shooters, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, to get a guy who can't shoot and is just going to jam up your offense. And I just, I don't know how that's a positive for you. The Buddy Heel trade would have been so much better for them. Yeah, I thought so as well. That was a report from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN yesterday that Buddy Heald was going to be on the move to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma. There might have been other parts to the deal, but that was the first report. Then it flips, and it's Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell. I like those two players, by the way. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope, KCP, the three-shooter that the uh, the Lakers probably should have held on to. But 2021 first-round pick last night. Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. All that went to the Wizards, and the Lakers received Russell Westbrook and two future second-round picks. Uh, JVT, let's hear from uh, Brendan Haywood on NBA TV last night. A lot of people caught up in the hype of the Westbrook to Hollywood uh, theme, but not Brendan Haywood. I love Russ the player, but I'm not sure if this fit works with the Lakers. Russ needs the ball in his hands. He's a guy that likes to play in that mid-range and post-up guards. And there's another guy in L.A. that kind of needs the ball in his hands as well. And both of those guys really aren't good enough shooters off the ball for them to thrive without the ball in their hands. And especially at LeBron at this age, he looked like age was catching up to him a little bit last year. So um, I'm a little bit hesitant. I'm a little bit hesitant on this deal. I'm not going to say it won't work because LeBron is great, Russ is great, and sometimes great players come together and do great things. But... Uh, when I initially saw this trade, I'm trying to figure out how does this work. 
Yeah, I think that's a good assessment there, John, from uh, Brendan Haywood. How does this work? Because you got two guys who are ball dominant in LeBron and uh, Russell Westbrook, and you still don't have a three-point shooter out there. I think the Lakers have got to find a couple three-point shooters. Uh, where did the Lakers rank last season in three-point shooting? Because for the last two years, aside from one hot stretch they had in the bubble to kind of help carry them to the NBA title, uh, the Lakers have really struggled from three-point range. Yeah, they were 21st last year, humans, in three-point shooting, 35.6% of the team. And, by the way, that's what Contavious Caldwell Pope on the team, right? And so mm-hmm. he's not even going to be there. Like, And I would say, too, look, there is a way that it potentially works, but – that involves Anthony Davis playing center, right? And that is something that he has not wanted to do for right. his entire career. It's been something he's been super resistant to. Like, go back to the year that Russell Westbrook was with the Rockets, right? The Rockets actually performed relatively well that season. Remember, they were a sexy picked up at the Lakers themselves in the Orlando bubble. And Russell Westbrook had a good two-month stretch where he kept Houston afloat, and he was absolutely fantastic. But the problem is, is that if you're going to put a traditional big out there, it just screws everything up. With Anthony Davis at the five, the four open back up and you can play off ball to Russell Westbrook and you can cut and you can slash and you can post up guards to get the ball and I think that kind of works but if you're going to do what the Lakers have done since Anthony Davis has been there which is playing the power forward then it doesn't work in any way whatsoever so I think maybe you start to see AD at the five a little bit more but I will say like this isn't an anti-Westbrook thing because I mentioned Houston remember last year the, the Wizards go 17 and 7 over the last 24 games Westbrook was a big part of that he's a really good player it's just a fit thing more than anything else all right, this is John Von Tobel, VSIN senior NBA betting analyst. And uh, JVT, how does it change maybe the way you look at the NBA futures? I'm looking at the Westgate Superbook futures board. The Nets are three to one. The Lakers seven to two at plus three fifty. Warriors eight to one. Bucks nine to one. Your Clippers up there at twenty to one with a big group of teams in that range. Uh, the Nets, the clear favorites in your mind. Uh, yeah, there's no question. Even with this trade, like I think, you know, with the, the Nets should be the favorite. You know, the way I was going to approach this, you mentioned, I was texting with Jeff Sherman, uh, teasing him a little bit yesterday after this happened because he didn't seem too happy about it. His Lakers acquired Westbrook. <laughs> right. But, you know, if, if this market gets short enough, you know, on the, on the Western Conference for the Lakers, I think it's attacking that two-way market that's offered over at Circa and betting that no. You know, right now it's floating around $4 uh, as, you know, the bodies come in and the season gets started and the, the hype gets real in the Lakers. As you know, we're a Lakers town. I think there's going to be an opportunity to get a little bit of a cheaper price on the no for the Lakers to win a Western Conference or NBA Finals. Uh, but I think that's the way to go here. You know, all of these other teams not really set. They're still filling out role players. You mentioned the Clippers. You know, I think they should be a little bit longer than what they are just because I don't know if Kawhi Leonard is actually even going to play throughout the entire season. Uh, but I think the way that you're attacking with the Lakers is you're waiting for that market to get a little watered down. And I think you're going back in that two-way market over at Circa. That's a good way to look at it, too. I know uh, Aaron Renning did that last season, bet against the Lakers, bet the no on the Lakers uh, to win the Western Conference, right? Let's uh, recap the NBA draft, John. It was a, uh, it was an interesting night, to say the least. It's just, to me, it's uh, fascinating to see how the NBA draft has changed in the past 20 or 25 years. You really don't have – you have very few established college stars who get picked in the, uh, the first round of the draft. And, in fact uh, – Actually, it was uh, Chris Duarte of Oregon, the um, <laughs> only the second senior to go in the lottery in the past five years. And he went to the Pacers last night at number 13. So you have a lot of guys who played one year in college or didn't play college ball at all uh, going in the uh, basically in the first round, and especially the top half of the first round. Now, last night you tweeted this about James Booknight, the UConn, uh, UConn guard. He went 11th, and he was minus 1,200 
to go in the top 10. That was one guy who slipped out of the top 10 that we really thought was going to rise and be a top 10 pick last night. But was that probably wasn't the biggest draft surprise to you. But if it was, uh, what ranked up there? What were the biggest draft surprises in your mind? So I think if we're if we're like putting like one two three, you got to start with Joshua Primo in Alabama, right? Like his draft his draft position was twenty seven and a half. I think is what it closed at uh, over at DraftKings. You know, not any piece of intel whatsoever had tied the San Antonio Spurs to Primo at all. And you know, he seems like he'd be a relatively solid player. And you know, you go back, you read some reports, humans that the Spurs maybe were looking to move back, and maybe this is why. Maybe they had wanted Primo all along. They just knew that twelve wasn't going to be the spot to take him, but ultimately couldn't find a good enough deal and took him where they were. So. I think Primo's got to be up there, just given the fact that his draft position at close have no intel tying him to the San Antonio Spurs. And I think the other, so I had Davion Mitchell over 10 and a half. It closed at 12 and a half. And all of a sudden, at nine, you're feeling great. He's not a fit for the Sacramento Kings. They've been tied to multiple other players. Like, you're probably going to get to 10, and then we know that the Pelicans have been tied to other players, so he's probably going over. And then, sure enough, the Sacramento Kings draft Davion Mitchell at number nine. And it's it's a weird fit, right? They they spent they spent a first-round pick last year, Tyrese Halliburton, the point guard, who's a really good player. They have De'Aaron Fox, and now they're going to add Davion Mitchell to the mix which is really weird. So you're going to see a three-guard lineup there from the Sacramento Kings, which doesn't make much sense in any way that you look at it. So I think that was probably near the top in terms of, like, the two that really surprised you. Because yeah. I just think, like, when you were looking at the intel, both of those really stuck out as not coming for like coming out of left field completely. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And Zaire Williams going – the Stanford uh, freshman going to yep. uh, the Pelicans number two surprised me. Josh Primo picked. Doug Kazarian and I were texting about this last night. Doug from ESPN's Daily Wager. And uh, we both agreed that the Primo pick was the biggest surprise. Josh Primo in his, his freshman year at Alabama averaged eight points and shot 38% from three-point range. One assist per game. I, I watched several Alabama games. I've never blown away and said, wow, this guy's got to be a, a lottery pick. But uh, And the Spurs probably reached for him last night. Julian Edlow of uh, DraftKings actually tweeted about uh, Primo's draft um, position. Uh, now actually, it was uh, Sharif Cooper. But Primo uh, was up there as well. Chris Duarte, I mentioned only the second senior to go in the lottery in the last uh, five years. He was the oldest player in the draft. Sharif Cooper, a freshman uh, from Auburn, they both had draft position props that opened at 20 and a half. Duarte went 13th. Cooper went 48th. And uh, his draft position closed 23 and a half. So I don't think uh, Cooper falling that far or Primo rising that high were a couple things that were that predictable. But the NBA draft is always going to be um, – have a couple of surprises, and that's just a reminder, the draft props, JBT, some, can sometimes be way off, and I think uh, draft betting, whether it's NFL draft, NBA draft, or, can present some great opportunities. I think you did well on draft betting last night, right? Yeah, you know, the um, the Kings screwed me on two picks, Davion Mitchell, and then how about this? <laughs> right. How about getting beat by two teams, by the same team twice? Davion Mitchell, and then I had the Mayas Kata humans over his draft position prop, and the Sacramento Kings draft him in the second round in the 30s. But, no, it was, it was a relatively decent night for me, but I think you're right. Like, look, there's a reason, Mitch and I talked about this the other day, and yeah, I've talked to you about this multiple times. There's a reason, you know, the bookmakers can't really get away with not putting up props on the NFL draft because it's so widely popular. The NBA draft, we saw multiple shops chose not to even book it at all in the state of Nevada. You know, I give Johnny Bell a lot of credit. We talked to him a couple of days ago and followed the money. They had props up since the start of July. And one of the things that you know, that Mitch and I talked about at the beginning of the month when I filled in on one of the shows was they had Jalen Green at the odds in favor to go three. They had Evan Mobley at the odds in favor to go two. And I told Mitch that should be flipped. You could have gotten 
plus prices on either one of those two if you started to read the intel early of what was going to happen. And sure enough, what happens, you get Jalen Green close over $6. You get Evan Mobley close well over $4 to go in those two spots. But it's all informational-based. It's one of the events where you can find as a better one of your biggest edges. Give you another example, right? Jalen Johnson. Every piece of intel had been like Jalen Johnson, character issues, don't really love it, doesn't seem committed to like really much anything. He went to two different high schools. We know what happened to Duke. He's not going to go in the lottery, but his position was 14 and a half. So you're essentially saying, is he going to be a lottery pick or is he not? Uh, I said no, and sure enough, he didn't even sniff it. He ended up going 20 to the Atlanta Hawks. So like the the, the information out there, there's a lot of it. you got to sift through a lot of it. And I'll give you one more example. Moses Moody was an interesting guy because if you looked at a lot of the mock drafts with Moses Moody, he had consistently been moving up the board. Like every new mock draft that came out from pundits, and Moses Moody would go from like 14 to 12 to 11 to 10. And sure enough, his draft position prop closed at 10 and a half. But what happens? He slides all the way down to the bottom of the lottery, and he, does, he goes way over his draft position prop at 14. But why I bring that up is when you read the mock drafts, there was not a piece of intel that said, I'm hearing the magic like Moses Moody. I'm hearing the Warriors want to get in on Moses Moody. It was just, hey, he fits this offense. Hey, he fits this offense. Well, that's not information. And so that gives you an idea of maybe this is just a, hey, this is speculation as opposed to solid information. And sure enough, he goes way over his draft position. Follow him on Twitter at MeJVT. Listen to Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Go to vcin.com. Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, let's look at our five favorite picks in the NBA draft last night, I asked Tim Murray to weigh in on this. You as well. Uh, I've got James Booknight going 11th to the Hornets. Chris Duarte going 13th to the Pacers. The guy you just mentioned, Moses Moody, 14th yep. to the Warriors. I like that pick a lot. 42nd, Isaiah Livers from Michigan to the Pistons. And I went ahead and threw in Luca Garza. Uh, the consensus college player of the year went 52nd overall. He's, he's going to give you 100% effort. He's going to play hard. He's going to rotation guy. I didn't want to pick the same list as you and uh, Tim Murray. We all, I think, liked a lot of these similar picks last night. Uh, who were your top five? Yeah, Jay, I, I did a couple of that, that pair, a pair at the top. Uh, but Jalen Green and Uzman Garabu for the Houston Rockets. I really like what the Rockets are starting to put together from a talent perspective. Jalen Green fits what they need. They're old and geriatric in the backcourt. He's really going to help them out. Pair up nicely with Kevin Porter Jr. Like they got some sneaky good young talent in Houston, along with uh, with Chris Wood, as you and I both know. So I really like that. And Uzman Garabu, anybody who wants to watch him play, he's playing for the Spanish team in the Olympics. Really solid defender, can handle a little bit, get out in transition, insanely athletic. He's going to be a really good piece for them. Uh, Jalen Suggs is a steal. I mean, that's a a bad offensive team. Humans that needed a lot in the backcourt. Right. Jalen Suggs is a dynamic pick for them. Awesome athlete as well. I like Trey Murphy a lot to New Orleans. You know, New Orleans filled the need. One of the worst shooting teams in the league last year. Most inconsistent, and you arguably get the best shooter in the draft in Trey Murphy the third. You mentioned Book Knight. I echo all of that. I think he fits really well alongside Lamelo Ball, and then Corey Kispert with Washington, mainly because. I think Kispert's one of those guys, right, his floor is already there. So he's not going to be, like, he's going to come in. He's going to be really solid. Doesn't have a very high ceiling, but you can plug him in right away. For a team that really needs some more offensive pop, they got rid of Russell Westbrook, I think it fits really nice. You can see the graphic there on the screen, the high five, our five favorite picks in the draft. And JVT, I agree with you on three of those. I'm uh, Not that I disagree on any of them, but I was, I was going to put Suggs, Booknight, and Kispert on my list as well. Just change it a little bit. Tim Murray weighed in last night with Jalen Suggs. Uh, James Booknight, Corey Kispert, A.U. DeSone moved from Illinois to the Bulls. I know a lot of Bulls fans are happy to get the uh, Chicago high school product. And Jared Butler from the Jazz, he said he wanted to change that to Cam Thomas to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, did You like that Cam Thomas pick? Is he, is he going to help the Nets? 
Yeah, I think so. And you get rid of Landry Hammond, right? Then you get right. a younger, cheaper guy that can do everything. So I, I like it a lot. Hey, thanks for jumping on, man. Appreciate the time and uh, have a great weekend. You got it, dude. Talk to you soon. All right. That's Jonathan Von Tobel. Quick break. We come back. We're going to uh, wrap up the MLB trade deadline next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. from the oddstrader.com studio at Circa. Actually, this is the South Point Hotel. I'm not at Circa today. I'm at the South Point. Uh, Go to oddstrader.com, download the free oddstrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info you need. We have an oddstrader.com studio here at the South Point, and uh, I guess occasionally at the Circa as well. 
And uh, that's irrelevant. Just go to oddstrader.com. All right. Uh, we're going to recap everything that happened with the MLB trade deadline. And, man, it's been a wild 48 hours. That was one of my favorite movies, by the way, with uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolde. But the last 48 hours have been uh, incredible in MLB. Ten all-stars trading teams. And right at the deadline today, how about this? The Giants, not to be left out in the race in the NL West, pick up Chris Bryant. So the Cubs, a total fire sale. Uh, everything's available. The Cubs no longer have a face of the franchise. I guess it's catcher Wilson Contreras, now the face of the Cubs franchise. Javi Baez gone to the Mets. Chris Bryant gone to the Giants. Anthony Rizzo gone to the Cubs. And how about Craig Kimbrell? Not to the Dodgers. Craig Kimbrell traded to the White Sox to uh, help that uh, Chicago Southside uh, bullpen. Not too often the Cubs and White Sox made a trade. They did a few years ago. But they uh, make a deal for Craig Kimbrell. So the Cubs have traded Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, and uh, Kimbrell. And I know Cubs fans are not too happy. I talked with uh, Chuck Esposito, the Red Rock Sportsbook director today. Chuck has moved from Sunset to Red Rock. That's official now. He's always been a Cubs fan, and he is ticked off about the Cubs trading uh, every star player on the roster, essentially. And uh, Chris Bryant, it looked like, might be the leftover, the face of the franchise, but the Cubs are going to totally rebuild now. All the pieces, key pieces from that 2016 World Series team are history. And uh, Anthony Rizzo, I'm not sure he's going to re-sign with the Yankees in the offseason, but he's going to be in the lineup tonight for the Yankees. And uh, so is Joey Gallo. So we'll talk about that. We're going to break down every baseball game on tonight's card in the last half hour of today's show. The New York Post, as I predicted yesterday, would push that 14-0 loss to the Rays into uh, page page five and bury it. And uh, on the cover would be Rizzo and Gallo. And that's it today. The headline on the New York Post, going for it. And I, my question, I guess, is uh, what are the Yankees going for exactly? Are they going for the wild card? Because they're probably not going to go for the division win. I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to jump the Rays and the Red Sox, who, by the way, meet tonight at the Trop in Tampa. I don't think the Yankees uh, really have much of a shot to overtake those two teams and win the American League East. The Yankees do have a uh, decent shot to get to the wild card, but you don't make all these big deals just to get to the wild card because that's sudden death and that can be uh, that can be immediate in the wild card. You get knocked out, you have a bad game, you're done. You don't make all these deals just to sneak into the wild card. I think the Yankees have to make these deals with an eye on 2022. They had to remake the lineup. They had no left-handed power in the lineup at all. Of course, Gallo strikes out too much. We know that. Mike Stanton is obviously the guy. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is the guy who uh, strikes out the most in that lineup. And uh, you don't want too many uh, swing and miss guys. But the Yankees had to get some left- left-handed power. The only left-handed bat they had in the lineup was Brett Gardner for much of the season. So now you get two two guys in there who can uh, swing for the fences and drive in runs from the left-handed side of the plate. Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, I think those are great picks up, pickups for the Yankees. No matter what happens here in the second half of the season, at least uh, Hal Steinbrenner and uh, Brian Cashman are starting to uh, remake a lineup that's been seriously flawed with that short right-handed porch. The Yankees had to add some left-handed power. So they do that with uh, Gallo and Rizzo. I like what the Yankees did. I don't think they had to give up too much. Uh, the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants. How about that in the NL West? Oh, by the way, the uh, a former Cub, Kyle Schwarber, also went to the Red Sox. So you got another piece in the American League East. I forgot to mention, Kyle Schwarber goes to Boston, and uh, the Blue Jays picked up, uh, made a couple key pickups as well that we'll talk about uh, later in the show. So 
it's an arms race in the American League East, and obviously the same is going on in the NL West. The Dodgers picked up um, Mad Max Scherzer yesterday in a blockbuster deal when it looked like the Padres were going to make the deal for Scherzer. The Dodgers came over the top and got Scherzer and Trey Turner. Now, this is a key. Don't look at this as a Mad Max Scherzer trade because Trey Turner is going to be a big part of this. He's 28. He was an all-star this year. He can play the infield and outfield with Corey Seager injured. The Dodgers need somebody like Turner who can uh, fill a variety of spots in the field and in the lineup. And how about this about Trey Turner? Since the beginning of the 2020 season, he's batting 326 with 30 homers, 33 steals, and 154 games. He's been one of the better players in baseball. Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, great pickups, both uh, for the Dodgers. And uh, the Giants, I think, uh, did what they could today. The, the Giants right now three up on the Dodgers in the NL West. The Giants pick up Chris Bryant, which is a, a really big move in uh, San Francisco. We come back. Wes Reynolds joins the show next. College football betting guide is out. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, playoff teams, and a lot more. You get power ratings for every team. A lot of numbers in this guide, a lot of analysis as well. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VSIN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. That's everything. You can get the college betting guide for $19.99 or start a free trial. For all access at vcin.com slash subscribe. Wes Reynolds, one of the key players to help uh, producing this vcin college football betting guide, joins us now. And uh, Wes, we've had a lot to talk about today. A lot of news in the NFL, MLB, NBA. But we're going to go to golf with you because that's our favorite uh, topic when uh, we're on the show together. And uh, my favorite player, he's still my favorite player, even though I get irritated at him sometimes, is Xander Shoffley. And last night I watched the Olympics in Japan, and Shoffley made a big run on the back nine last night, fired a 63 to seize the lead in the Olympics at the halfway point. He goes into the third round with a one-stroke lead at 11 under. What did you take away from the second round last night? Yeah, and you certainly said it, Matt, with Xander. And he was the guy after round one when people were asking, okay, who do you recommend on the in-play? Mm -hmm. And you know what? I don't think Xander's in bad position at three under, despite the fact that he didn't gain any with his irons. Well, he gained a ton with his irons yesterday. He gained about four and a half shots uh, with the approach and also gained off the tee as well, gained almost a shot off the tee. So the ball striking was on point when you shoot 63. And he is going to end up as the round two leader because there are still about five groups or so that are going to have to finish here at about 345 our time out here on the West Coast. So they're going to get that started. And then for round three, what they're going to do, they're going to do split tees with the 60 players. They're going to have half go off number one, half go off number 10 to try to play a little bit of catch up here. Which uh, they definitely have to. Carlos Ortiz from Mexico. I played a player from uh, Mexico, but it was not Ortiz. I've got Abraham Answer, who's uh, seven strokes back at Shoffley. Carlos Ortiz, one stroke back. 
at 10 under. Hideki Matsuyama, uh, obviously a Japanese favorite, is uh, 8 under, three strokes back of uh, Xander. All right, Wes, I did ask you uh, yesterday, who do you think is going to make a move? And you said Shoffley. You nailed it. Shoffley uh, fires a 63. It's definitely his trend to, when he goes low, to go higher the next day. So he'll probably take a step back today. Who do you think goes really low in round three? Yeah, if I were looking in play today, Matt, and I wasn't already involved, where I would look, and Matsuyama, who you mentioned, by the way, still has two holes left to finish. He is currently at eight under par. Another guy that has one hole left to finish is Paul Casey, who even if he pars 18, is going to be seven under par and just four back. And you can get him anywhere, I think, from like 16 to 18 to one. It's basically the average I've seen. Leads the field in greens and regulation, 31 to 35 so far. So has one more to go. Look, we know the ball striking is good, but is he going to be birdie Casey or is he going to be par Casey? And sometimes par Casey rears its ugly head, but at 16 to one, I still think some value. And also Victor Hovland, who's at five under par. He's down there. I think I saw bet MGM had him at like 30 to one, uh, you know, six back really, you can overcome that as we saw what happened with Xander yesterday going low with 63. Mito Pereira, the young man from Chile, got in with the 65. So these rounds are going to be out there all four days, Matt, on this golf course. But it just is all about how you time these things. Rory McIlroy got right back in this thing yesterday. Shane Lowry got back in this despite the fact that he was all over the place with mm-hmm. his driver yesterday. So you've got some guys, I think, you know, Five, six back, I definitely do not think is out of it at this standpoint. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Rory fired a 66, Lowry a 65. Each of those guys seven strokes back with Paul Casey. You talked me into a bet on Paul Casey at 16 to 1. Uh, so hopefully he makes a move. I, I did bet Shoffley at 8 to 1. I hate to bet players in double digits, but I said if he wins this thing and I don't bet him, I'm going to be ticked off. So uh, we, got a, we got a few guys in action heading into the weekend, uh, Wes, in the Olympics golf. Uh, all right, quickly, I didn't get a chance to hit on this with uh, JVT, but the next Olympic basketball games are Saturday. Team USA in action against the Czech Republic and France playing Iran. And uh, then we get to the the medal round. We get to the tournament. Uh, this is still pool play. Wes, do you have any um, opinions, observations on the two Saturday games involving France or Team USA? Yeah, if I'm looking at Team USA, I would actually want to lay it here at 24. There's still some 23-and-a-half out there, but I was disappointed a little bit with the Czech Republic. Uh, I thought maybe that was a good spot against them, against or a good spot for them against France, rather, in the last game, and they had a solid first half, and then they end up losing by 20, you know, because you thought maybe this France, it's going to be a little letdown. You beat Team USA after you lost four exhibition games coming into Tokyo. But there's a reason the Czech Republic is rated 12th in the FIBA World Rankings. You've got just the one NBAer, that's Thomas Sadoransky for the Chicago Bulls, only had 14 on Wednesday. Jan Vesely, remember, he was a former first-round pick for the Wizards. He's a key contributor. This is a team that does have size, the Czech Republic, with Vesely, Andres Balbin, Patrick Auda, who you may remember from Seton Hall. They have some big guys, but I just don't think that they're quick enough. And I think USA kind of did find their stroke a little bit from the three-point line. They were 19-39 against France, only 10-32 against – or 19-39 in their second game against Iran. 
10 to 32 in the first game against France. So Team USA, I know that's a big number, but I'd rather be laying it than taking it. All right. Follow him on Twitter at Wes Reynolds one. He's the official tweeter of VSIN on all Olympics coverage. So everything you want to know about the Olympics, you can check out Wes's Twitter page. Wes is this is not the Olympics here in the final 90 seconds, but Gold Cup soccer is going to uh, get a lot of attention here in Vegas this weekend. This this uh, game at Allegiant Stadium off the strip sold out in about 15 minutes. The USA, a uh, 1-0 winner last night over Qatar and Mexico, 2-1 over Canada in a dramatic finish. So the Gold Cup soccer final Sunday night in Vegas. Who do you like? Yeah, Mexico's getting the money, and I agree with that. They have the stronger roster here from this standpoint. They actually got outplayed in about the last – 30 minutes of regulation against Canada. Canada had the pressure on, but they go in the extra time. Mexico gets the goal in the 98th minute. One thing I do know, maybe the Allegiant Stadium security staff is getting paid time and a half on Sunday because these tend to get a little rowdy between Mexico and USA, especially in the stands and chippy on the pitch. So I do like Mexico in this spot. Get some uh, revenge a little bit from that Nations Cup match. They lost to Team USA in Denver earlier a couple months ago. Uh, it's actually going to be a great atmosphere in Vegas Sunday night for that Mexico-USA soccer match. Uh, so how would you bet it, Wes? I'm going to take Mexico at the plus, like, 125, plus 130 out there. All right, that's Wes Reynolds. Hang on. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to bring you back to talk about the NBA draft, the best and worst, uh, the MLB trade deadline. And also, maybe your best bets in MLB for tonight. Back here in a couple minutes on My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Hotel and Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up-to-the-second info you need. Real-time bet tracking, live in-game odds and stats, and a lot more at OddsTrader.com. Wes Reynolds joins us now. He's the host of Long Shots, the number one rated golf betting show on the planet, along with uh, Brady Cannon and myself. You can read him in Point Spread Weekly every week. And uh, he's also a co-host here on My Guys in the Desert, Lombardi Line, and basically every show on VSIN. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Wes Reynolds 1. I don't think, uh, Wes, you ever get much vacation time. Are you going to take some time off before the football season? I am, Matt. I'm going to put my foot down, and I'm going to take a week <laughs> off at some point here in August before uh, we get all the contests going and everybody comes into town to sign up for that super contest, that Circus Sports Million. So a lot of our friends will be in town. So sometime in August, I'm going to bounce for a week. All right, uh, Wes, let's uh, recap the NBA draft last night. I got Tim Murray and John Von Tobel's uh, high five, the five favorite picks from the draft last night. I'm going to get your best and the worst, what you really liked, what you didn't like at all from the NBA draft last night, whether it be in the first round or the second round. Yeah, I'll start a little bit up top here because I guess kind of the curveball, even though I thought it had a very good chance of happening with Scotty Barnes going number four to Toronto. So what does that do? That slides Jalen Suggs to number five with the Orlando Magic. And I really like what the Magic actually did in this draft because there's a theory, and we kind of talked about this yesterday with the Marlins, Matt, when they dealt Starling Marte to the A's for Jesus Lazardo. You know, there's such a theory of as get good on one side of the ball. And, like, the Marlins are getting good on one side with really good young pitching. They can't hit a lick, but they can pitch. Whereas Orlando, you look at what they drafted not only with Suggs, but also Franz Wagner, two of the better defenders, really, in this draft. So if you add to what they have, you add that with uh, Jonathan Isaac, who's going to come back at forward. Markel Fultz, I think his defense has improved. He may not be what everybody expected him to be when he was that number one pick for the Sixers, but this is an Orlando team that I think is going to be able to guard and be able to have some lower scoring games. Now, offensively, they're going to be a little bit challenged. You also add to the fact that they do have some young guards, R.J. Hampton and, of course, Cole Anthony, the son of former UNLV Rebel Greg Anthony. This Orlando team, I think, just kind of waiting and being patient and just playing the draft board ended up working out for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, I like Suggs, too. I thought Suggs to the Magic was a solid pick, and I think uh, Tim Murray, JVT, we all agreed on that. It's unanimous. Uh, The Celtics, by the way, trading Tristan Thompson to the Atlanta Hawks. For Chris Dunn, a 2023 second-round pick. There's been a lot of movement. The Lakers trade, they pick up Russell Westbrook, deal three players and a pick to the Wizards. 
Uh, most of us here at VCN do not like this trade for the Lakers. Uh, how about the trades last night, Wes? Did you approve? What, thumbs up or thumbs down what the Lakers did a, a, acquiring uh, Westbrook? Thumbs down for me, okay. actually. I know everybody kind of sees, you know, Russell Westbrook as that shiny toy that's going to mess around and get a lot of triple doubles, but he's also going to mess around and miss a lot of three-point shots. The guy hasn't shot over 30% in a couple years. And, and keep in mind, though, this is also Russell Westbrook's fourth team in four years. There's a reason why he's getting dealt around. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this is a guy who can put up numbers for you, but he can, can, can he win for you? And I'm just not so sure. We were talking about this yesterday on this very program. Lakers need some shooters, and I think when that deal got – potential deal, rather, got put out for Buddy Heald, it's like, well, that's kind of a good deal. And I know uh, Woj might have fell for the head fake there on that rumor, but I kind of thought, you know what? That might be a better deal for the Lakers if they could get Buddy Heald and Chip uh, Harrell and Kuzma to Sacramento. And Sacramento is kind of putting together some decent young talent, too. This might be the year where they're going to get back in the playoffs, so I'll be looking to back them at plus money. Yeah, Woj uh, might have got fooled on that one, but I'm not going to knock him. The guy gets far more right than he gets wrong. Right. I think a lot of people enjoyed taking a shot at him yesterday on Twitter, but come on. I mean, the guy's uh, really good at his job, and that's going to happen occasionally. Uh, I talked with Doug Kazarian and JVT about this. We, we're we all surprised that the, the San Antonio Spurs went with Josh Primo, the uh, freshman guard from Alabama with the 12th pick. That, that was a major reach. The guy averaged eight points a game and uh, shot 38% from three. I watched him. I wasn't blown away. Maybe the Spurs see something we don't see. That was one thing I did not like in the draft. Wes, give me one thing you did not like last night. Yeah, I would be with you on that too, Matt. But look, the Phoenix Suns, everybody thought they reached when they took Cam Johnson 11 a couple years ago. And and look at what has happened. He was a key player, at least in the mm -hmm. Western Conference championship team. But with the Knicks, in terms of their picks, I'm not really sure they did the they did the right thing. They traded 19 to Charlotte. Uh, they get a future protected first, and then they moved back to get Quentin Grimes in that trade from the Clippers. Their second round picks have a chance, but really, what it's going to be, the Knicks are going to have to be good in the offseason. They've got 50 million dollars in cap space, so I can't knock them for the draft too much. Uh, I'll knock the 76ers a little bit because they were asking for a king's ransom oh, for Ben Simmons, boy. and he's just not. You're just not going to get that type of deal right now where you're going to get Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman and two number ones and then a future number one. You, you got to, I guess, slow your roll a little bit if you're Philadelphia. You're just not going to get that because Ben Simmons right now is at the bottom in terms of his value in the market. All right, let's talk MLB trade deadline. It's been a wild 48 hours west and right at the deadline, the Cubs sold off the final face of the franchise, Chris Bryant. He goes to the Giants. Anthony Rizzo went to the Yankees. Javi Baez went to the Mets. Craig Kimbrell went to the White Sox, not the Dodgers. There's been a lot of movement. Ten All-Stars on the move here at the trade deadline. And uh, what do you think is the, the most positive move? Which moves do you think uh, really aren't going to matter as we uh, head down the stretch here in the final two months of the baseball season? Uh, I, I do like the Giants picking up Chris Bryant. I thought they had to make something. They had to make something happen after the Dodgers made big moves and the Padres made minor moves. At least the Giants made something happen. They had one of the best third basemen in baseball in Chris Bryant. 
Yeah, and I think he really fits there. It was kind of like uh, we were waiting to see, well, what about the Giants? And then it was like the San Francisco Giants have now entered the chat, whereas everybody else made their moves, and then they strike at the gun here, getting mm-hmm. Chris Bryant. I think it's a very good move. This Giants team is not going away. The team that I think has got to play some catch-up here really are the Padres. Now, I like getting Daniel Hudson. I think that's a strengthening a strength, basically, with this bullpen. Best bullpen ERA in Major League Baseball is a San Diego Padres, and they have absolutely had to be because we talked about this yesterday. The the San Diego Padres, in terms of their pitching staff, counting Ian Kennedy going that seven innings of shutout ball against Colorado last night, the San Diego Padres have 47 starts that have gone past the fifth inning outside of five innings pitch. So that's the lowest in Major League Baseball. And that's what I do worry about with this Padres team is that bullpen is going to be taxed at the end and they're going to be fighting and scrambling to play catch up. You didn't really see them add kind of a frontline starter here. They thought they had Scherzer. We thought he was going there when we were discussing right at this time yesterday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Turns out the Dodgers go ahead and swoop him away. And Dodgers and Yankees, the two highest payrolls, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Well, Giants three games up on the Dodgers, five and a half on the Padres. Look at the standings today and take a picture and then uh, see how things change two months from now as we head to the playoffs after all these major moves at the trade deadline. By the way, that Dodgers blockbuster deal, it's not just Max Scherzer. Trey Turner is a huge part of that, and he's going to play a key role for the Dodgers uh, down the stretch. If you look at the Westgate Superbook right now, Dodgers in the driver's seat in the National League, the favorites plus 140. Padres and Giants each have 5-1, to one, the Brewers at 7 to one, but the Dodgers are still the clear favorites after uh, the, the big moves they made at the deadline. And Corey Seager headed back from injury, and uh, you'd think uh, Cody Bellinger is going to get healthy down the stretch. Now, the Yankees made some big moves. Uh, they picked up two of the best left-handed power bats in baseball, Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, both expected to be in the lineup tonight, Wes, when the uh, Yankees play the Marlins in Miami. And we've seen a line move on this game since uh, the overnight number. And I think that's basically because the Yankees are going to have their big guns in the lineup tonight, right? Yeah, I think so. I think the buyback, though, is starting to come, and I, I actually agree with the buyback here. 155 at a faraway place is the highest I'm seeing here. Look, we often talk about this, Matt. It doesn't matter which sport bettors like to bet what they heard or what they saw last. And what did they see in here last? They have Joey Gallo and now Anthony Rizzo in this mm-hmm. lineup for the New York Yankees. Uh, they did pick up a back-end starter in Andrew Heaney. We'll see how a fly ball pitcher does in Yankee Stadium. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But nevertheless, they're in Miami. Obviously, Miami sold off a little bit, but I think got a good return with Luzardo, even though his year has been down. But I do kind of like the Marlins here. I like what Derek Jeter and Kim Ng are doing down there in Miami. Like I said about the magic uh, when we were discussing the NBA draft winners and losers last night. I think the Marlins are getting good on one side of the ball. You've got uh, Sixto Sanchez, who's going to come back from injury. Lopez and Alcantara are rotation starters. They've got a lot of really good young arms in this organization. So get good in terms of the pitching. And it's really mad just kind of fading some of these moves. You got to see it in New York tonight. Carlos Carrasco making his first start of the season. This opened about 110 in the overnight, and we're getting almost to 140 territory on the New York Mets over the Cincinnati Reds, who, by the 
the way, kind of were very quiet at the deadline, made some minor moves to help the bullpen, but they're just waiting for healthy bodies to get back in. But I think maybe you can go against some of these moves tonight, mm-hmm. that these teams that were the real winners in the trade deadline, because everybody wants to bet them right away, maybe hold off a day or two, and you can go ahead and fade those moves tonight. Yeah, by the way, the Yankees did not get your guy, Kyle Schwarber. He is uh, headed to the Boston Red Sox. That was uh, that broke last night. Zach Thompson going to start with for the Marlins, six foot seven right-hander. He's got a 106 whip in his uh, last uh, 106 whip in seven starts. He's going to go for the Marlins. Uh, last night the Yankees were minus 150. Now as high as minus 170 at a lot of spots. And West thinks the dog is live there. West in the last 20 seconds. How high is your level of concern about Carson Wentz, who's the Colts quarterback, out indefinitely with a foot injury? It is high. We'll see if maybe they kick the tires on Nick Foles here if the Bears release him or elect to trade him. But with uh, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger as your backups, not a lot of depth there in Indianapolis. All right, Wes. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks a lot. Good luck in the golf this weekend. You got it, pal. Thanks for having me. At Wes Reynolds 1 on Twitter. Thanks to Mike Pritchard. And uh, obviously, JVT and Wes Reynolds, uh, hour number two up next. Stay tuned, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.